brave today. I want this t-shirt on purpose because we're going we're gonna to do some real stuff today. We're going to talk about some stuff that we don't often talk about in church, but is vital for our health and well-being as Christians, which is it's vital for our, our sense of success being out there in the world and, and being a witness of Jesus Christ. We are continuing with our sermon series on the book of Proverbs. I hope you are reading through a chapter a day. Remember, I told you last week, if you read through a chapter a day, every day, you get through the book in 31 days, which is a month. And we are doing this series for two months, so you'll get through the book twice. So you, you should kind of have internalized a lot of the truth in Proverbs by the time we get to the end of the series. But Proverbs is us eavesdropping on the family moments of a noble household. It's us eavesdropping on fathers and mothers speaking to their children about, about how they need to live in a way that's successful and filled with all the good things. And we are taking time to just digest that. It's almost like God sitting down with us as his children, a fireside chat, let's talk. Let's talk about the real stuff. Let's talk about really what you face on a daily basis. How are you going to handle it? Today, we are talking about temptation. A little bit of wisdom about temptation goes a long way. Yeah. We're going to talk about the real things you face on a daily basis. And we're going to invite Jesus to, to strengthen us in the places that matter. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would, you would come... And you would, you would reveal your truth. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful to you for your, for your leadership. Lord, as we learned in worship today, that we can just put off that old man and we can put on Christ. We can find ourselves hidden in you. Lord God, I'm asking that today as we talk through this subject, Lord, that you would do that. You would hide us in you. You would, you would make a place of safety and truth and revelation where we can find, we can find our true selves make, created in your image. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Yeah. So welcome to everyone online. Welcome to everyone outside. We see you through that window. Welcome to everyone here. God is with us and he's doing a good thing. I am primarily, in fact, entirely going to be focusing on sexual purity today. Yeah. What that means is that if you have a child with you, you're watching online, or you, I think, I think we've um, covered all the bases in the service, but if you have a child with you and you're watching online, I would ask you to use discretion as a parent and, and decide whether it's appropriate for them to be in the in this sermon or at least process with them afterwards. We'd really appreciate that. Sex education begins in the home. And so we are trusting that today you as parents will be equipped and helped forward um, in that regard. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we begin, we, if you could go back one slide, thank you. As we, as we begin today, because we are tackling some, some tough topics during our talk on Proverbs, a series on Proverbs, we are going to have two discussion forums. The first one will happen next week because we're going to be talking about money and finances next week. We're going to be finding out what Proverbs has to say about money and our finances, and we will have, after the service, a time where you can come and just have a discussion, ask your questions. We're going to talk more in depth about some of the things that we couldn't get to in the sermon. We're going to allow it to just be a face-to-face -face interaction, and we're going to get down to the things that really matter with 
concerning finances and, and the, the stresses you face in this area. We'll, we'll be praying for one another and really trusting for breakthrough for any of you who need it. So make time to stay a bit longer next week if you want to be part of that discussion group. If you know people whose, whose finances are uh, an area of contention or difficulty for them, invite them to that sermon and have them participate in that discussion. I feel like they will really grow from that. Also on the 28th of November, we're going to be talking about human sexuality, and what we mean by that is sexual identity. It's a huge topic right now, everywhere you go. So we're going to address that in the sermon on the 28th, and we are going to be having a discussion group after that. So also, if you, if you have questions, thoughts, you just want to have, find out more about this topic, or you just want to engage in it and, and just have meaningful conversations about it, please make sure you come to church on that day and join us for that discussion afterwards. If during the sermon series you have any questions, we couldn't possibly cover everything during the sermon. So if you have questions, please won't you take a picture of that QR code and send us your questions. What we will do is we'll, we'll collate those questions and we'll hand them to the person preaching on that particular topic and they will endeavor to answer those questions in their sermon as they're preaching. So please make use of that as you have any questions about temptation, money, about the spoken words, the words, our conversations, sexuality, family, or just wisdom in general, wisdom for life. So you are welcome to send questions to us for that. Amen and amen. So Lord, as I've, I've already prayed, I'm going to pray again. Lord, help us as we digest this sermon, Lord God, to, to find you in it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So today we're going to face some disturbing realities. Today we're going to look face on to the issues that we face in society regarding sexual Purity. We got, we're going to trust God that as we do, we're going to have an encounter with him and that there's going to be a transformation in our own souls that will make us stronger, braver, healthier, more whole. Yes. You know, with the prolifer proliferation, let's all say that word, proliferation, you have to say it slowly as your tongue kind of grabs your teeth. With the proliferation of pornography and the ease of access that people have, to it today through the internet, through our devices that are with us all the time. Because in society today, the, the sanctity of sex as a, as a part of the marriage covenant, as an expression of covenant and intimacy has been degraded. The Bible has this high view of sex where it is, where it is a, a, a place, a declaration of covenant, and it is a, a place of extreme intimacy that produces fruitfulness in the human race. The world has taken that high view and has made it something else. It's made it simply a sport, simply, simply something that you engage in at your, own, at your own will and your own pleasure and something that is, that is um, kind of surrounded by self-gratification. And as a result, because of that, that change, because of the proliferation of pornography, because of that change, and because of the sexualization of our media, have you noticed how everything has sexual overtones, has, has um, kind of sensual things in it, from adverts to music videos to 
sitcoms to movies. And because of all of these things, we face a crisis. I was speaking to someone before the service and how our young children are being exposed to explicit sexual material from a very young age against their will sometimes and sometimes without the knowledge of their parents. How, how we are inundated with messages that speak, just give vent to your sexual urges whenever you want to. It's your right. It's, it's, it's how it's meant to be. And as a result, we, we have this crisis because, because what happens is in that place, when, when you take sex out of its place, a very good thing becomes a very destructive thing. And what we are hoping today to do is to re put things back where they are meant to be. What I'm hoping to do is to help you heal where you need to heal, but at the same time, help you gain spiritual muscle in certain places that will allow you to walk a different path, to demonstrate a different truth in your world, amongst your friends, in your environment. Yeah. I want to just start with this caveat, that there is no condemnation, honestly and truly. I don't believe, I mean, maybe there are a few perfect human beings that have come and gone, but the truth is all of us have messed up. Sure. All of us have made mistakes. All of, us, all of us live in a world where we are inundated by these messages. None of us are immune. And as a result, honestly, there is no condemnation. There is no, this is not a place of trying to make you feel ashamed. In fact, I am trying to do the absolute opposite because, because Darkness, when something is, is surrounded by darkness, it is, it is able, when a negative thing is surrounded by darkness, it is able to, to grow, it's able to get, get control, it's able to put people in bondage. What we want to do is we want to open up the windows. We want to open up the doors. We want to let the light in. We want, to, we want to stand together as a community and say, we know that we're all facing these temptations. We know that we are all faced with a barrage of sexuality on a daily basis. We all know that. We're standing together arm in arm and we're saying we're going to resist together. We're going to be honest together. We're going to be real together. And together we are going to win because that's the promise of the Bible. That's the promise of the Bible. Yeah. Amen. 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 So we are going to, we are going to, I don't know what's happening to my phone, great men, if you could change for me. Thank you. We are going to read a portion of Proverbs. It's actually a dialogue between, not a dialogue, but a, 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 a vinegar, vinegar not going there with that word. I can feel that word's not going to come out right. It's going to come out as a salad dressing instead of a short story. So um, we are looking at a, a short little passage um, where a mom and dad are sitting down with their son and they're talking through this issue with him. It starts in chapter 6. We're going to pick it up in chapter 7. And we're going to read nearly the whole chapter starts, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Listen to your mom and dad. Yeah. That's basically what they're saying. Yeah. 
Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house, I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense. Passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the end of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I have to offer... I have to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens, with Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our full of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver as a bird rushes into a snare. He does not wait, does not know that it will cost him his life. Yeah. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. In this portion of scripture, we see, we see two people. We see a victim who's described as one who has no sense. Interestingly, that word sense there literally means the inner being, the soul. It's like the victim, something, something has been taken from him. Some part of his soul has been removed in this process. So he's without sense. And then we see a perpetrator in this in this instance happens to be a woman and and she is described as not not keeping her feet at home she's all over the place she's out on the prowl now in this case the victim is a man and the perpetrator is a woman i want to propose to you that that's not always true that, that we have plenty of male perpetrators as we do have female perpetrators perhaps in the world we're living in perhaps it's more often reversed we also have many people, male and female, who are victims, who, who have had something taken from them in the process of engaging with other people in, in a sexual way. We've had people who, who are lured into something against their understanding or without understanding. And then we have people who are taking advantage of that. I want to propose to you that the pornography industry is taking advantage of an entire generation. Yeah. Is luring them into bondage in a way that we have not seen in the past. Right. I've got some interesting statistics for you. But evangelical Christians, believe it or not, which we are, we are evangelical Christians, in surveys are most likely to say that they do not approve of premarital sex or extramarital sex. 
And yet, let me get the number right so I don't deface our, our, our people, but in the same survey, it was found that 69% of those same evangelicals who said it was always wrong in to, get, to engage in premarital sex, 69% of single evangelicals between the ages of 21 and 40, 45 had engaged in a sexual relationship with someone, at least one person, in that same year. Outside of marriage. Well, they're not married, so yes, unmarried. About 30% of unmarried evangelical women have experienced a pregnancy. In America, 86% of male college students view porn at least once a month. Half of all adults under 45 in the US, I would imagine it's a similar statistic here, certainly in the cities, half of all adults under 45 view porn weekly and 20% daily. 67% of men and 49% of women find that acceptable. I want you to see that we are facing a crisis. We are facing a crisis. We are facing a place where part of our souls, a soul of a generation, has been ripped out of our, of our beings by exposure to sex outside of covenant. Something that the Bible, when it, when it looks at sex and, and, and has this high view of it, actually the act of sex is in itself a covenant. The Bible views that as the marriage covenant, the, the consummation of that covenant. In addition, oh, in addition, the Bible talks about how as we engage in sexual relations with someone, we physically become one with them. It is the highest form of intimacy. It, it not only puts your bodies together, but it puts your souls, makes your souls one. What happens when we're having, we having relationships with people outside of marriage is that we're forming multiple covenants with people. And we are melding our souls to multiple people that in the end, when that, when that relationship is simply a one-night stand or is a short-term affair or is involved with a woman in uh, pornography that you will never see again, what happens is every time you leave, a part of your soul is torn away. Right. It means every one of those diminishes you as a human being and diminishes the other person. Every time something in your soul is being ravaged. We're facing a crisis. We're facing a generation that has been devastated. This term came to me as I was preparing the sermon. Is that we have been mesmerized by a glittering serpent of supposed sexual freedom. When we look at this the story of this man and this woman and the engagement that parents are having with their son about them, I propose that this woman who's the perpetrator is, is an archetype of the serpent. I, mo mostly women are not like this. I mean, I don't, I don't know any woman like this. Maybe there are some, but I don't know that. But, but I feel like it's more a representation of an aggressively pursuing 
demonic force that is going after the hearts of our young men and women of this generation. That there is something that is happening in our media and in our world that is targeting a generation so that they cannot fulfill the purposes of God. So that they are robbed of the strength of character. So they are robbed of the, the union of marriage. So they're robbed of the, the truth that God has for them in a way that it, it prevents them from rising up in the strength that God wants to have right. in them. So we're going to talk, talk through two points. We're going to talk about getting sense. We're going to make the devil give our stuff back. Where our souls have been taken. I want my stuff back. I'm, I'm going to trust with you that, that the places where your heart has been ravaged or torn or, or where you feel like something has been taken from you, that that would be returned. That we would, as the word that Proverbs use, sense, you would get your sense back. And then we're going to look at another, uh, another point, and then we're going to talk about keeping our feet at home. So we don't want to be the victim, but we also don't want to be the perpetrator. We don't want to, we don't want to allow that, that uh, beguiling serpent to grab our own hearts and, and for us to become the aggressor or the one who's, who's leading people into this. So let's talk about getting sense, avoiding the glittering serpent of supposed sexual freedom. Two ways we do that. Two ways we do that. Getting back our sense. We remember who we are. We remember who we are. Why is this so important? Because there is there's so much of our identity that is stolen in sexual immorality. There's so much of who we are that is taken away by the enemy. There's a very famous story in Luke 15 that talks about how, how a young man decided that his father was somehow holding out on him, somehow wasn't, wasn't giving him the full story and the full blessing, and he asks for his portion, and he heads out to go and live his life as he wants to. And in so doing, he finds himself just getting struck down by the, the difficulties of life, and he finds himself in a pig pen, a Jewish boy in a pig pen, eating the pods that are fed to the, to the pigs, and just devastated by his own choices, by his own decisions. Maybe you found yourself devastated by your own choices and your own, own decisions, or maybe it's been other cho people's choices and decisions that have devastated your heart, that have devastated your life. Maybe it's not even devastation. Maybe it's just a little bit of difficulty. But either way, we get free by remembering who we are. Remember how, remember how Christ Jesus chose us. You know, one of the, one of the most difficult things that men face, how do I know this? Because Andrew Gosman, my husband, ministers to a lot of happens to be a man but he um he ministers to a lot of men and who, without telling me names he tells me the the general the general process but but the biggest the biggest issue certainly for men and women caught in sexual sin is the shame that it brings and we don't want to talk about it. that's why i said we've got to open up the doors we've got to let the light in we've got to throw open the windows we've got to say enough is enough the devil can't have us and he can't have our children and he can't have our generation 
And so we must throw open those doors, and there is no condemnation. We've all faced it. We've all fallen. We all have issues. We all have a past. Let's just say, this is what happened. This is what I did. This is what was done to me. And let's throw open the life. Resist the shame that tries to keep it hidden so that you can't get the help you need. Let's run to the light. Let's run to the Savior. Let's say, yes, Jesus, your blood is enough even for this. Let's resist that lie that comes that says you're irretrievably broken. Throw open the door and then say, because, because I am more than the sum of the things that I've done. I'm more than the sum of the things that have done, been done to me. I am a son and a daughter of the Most High God. This young man, it says, when he came to himself, some say when he came to his senses, <laughs> when he got his stuff back, when he started realizing what was being robbed from him, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. He came to his senses. The story goes, he decides to say, go back to his father and say, God, you know what, oh, Father, you know what, I, I, I've sinned. But I know where my help comes from. And I'm coming back to you. He was willing to come back as a hired servant. He, was, he didn't even want a high place. He said, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just come back and do the menial stuff. And his father said, no. And your heavenly father is saying this to you. I want you to hear it. He's saying this to you. As you turn and face me, as you come to me, as you come to me, I'm not bringing you in as a hired servant. I'm bringing you in as a son. I'm bringing you in as a daughter. I'm, I'm clothing you. I'm, he, he gave him a new robe, new sandals, a, a ring to signify authority in the home. He killed the fattened calf. He celebrated. My friends, as you turn and come and remember who you are, remember whose you are. As you come home to the Father, there's a celebration and there's a, there's a restoration. You see, God isn't looking at you through what you've done or what's been done to you. He's not looking at you like that. He's seeing a son and a daughter. And there's forever a place at his side for you. It will not be taken. It will, it will remain there forever. The beautiful thing about the story is how the father went running to the son. You know, in, in Jewish culture, fathers don't run because they're dignified. They're heads of homes. But God in Jesus Christ came running to you. He is running to you. He's not looking for his dignity. He's not trying to, to hold up the special image of himself. He's more concerned about you than anything else. He's running to you. Remember who you are. Return to the Father. Open up. Let, let, it, let it be known who, what has been going on in your life. Return not only to the Father, but to the family. Tell someone. Tell someone. And let that person walk with you into the light. And my friends, if someone confesses something to you, please, I'm asking you, do not react with judgment or harshness. It took a lot of courage to say that. Right. It took a lot from that person to own up to that thing. Right. If someone comes and confesses something to you, would you thank them for the honor yeah. of allowing you into their life? Yeah, exactly. 
Would you take them by the hand and when you say, let's walk to the light together. Let's pray. Let's be accountable. I'm going to phone you every day and find out how you've been doing. What's been happening on that phone? Have you put covenant eyes on your phone? Have you, have you kept yourself safe? Have you avoided that wily woman? Have you walked the other way? Have you looked the other way? Together, we will walk into safety and wholeness. Remember who you are. The next thing you're going to remember, you're going to remember who the other is. I want, to, I want to just focus on pornography for a moment. Is that okay? There are many different forms of pornography. I don't know them personally. I've heard about them. But I do know that the majority of pornography involves a woman in some way being the recipient of some kind of sexual activity. I know that there are many, many videos. Pornography at its root is abuse of women. And men, I'm asking you, we need you. We need you to be strong by our sides. We need you. We need you to take up our cause. Because the truth is, women are weaker and vulnerable, and more vulnerable in this area, more easily violated in this area. And I want to thank the strong men in this room who have resisted, who have been strong, and who have held up the cause of the women around them. I want to thank you. But a question I want to ask you is this. On the other side of that encounter with pornography is a person. And my question to you would be, is if you opened up that video and you saw in that video your mother, your sister, your daughter, how would that change? How would that change what you do? And here's the bottom line. That woman is someone's, someone's daughter. She's someone's sister. She may even be someone's mother. We must remember that sex is not just about us. There's another person on the other side. And we must remember who that person is. If you can't uphold their dignity, then there's a problem. I told you we were going to do real talk. And I'm wearing my brave t-shirt. I'm coming to the party. I'm asking you to come to the party. I'm asking you to stand with me. Because I know, I know how this is ravaging our world. Ravaging our world. I had a conversation with a gentleman some time back and he was talking about the fact I had asked him why it was difficult for him to volunteer in church. Because he was a very, very useful man for the kingdom and he confessed 
my, my husband was there, he confessed and he said, I'm battling with pornography every time, every time I want to raise my hand to do something. The devil just says to me, you can't because you're not worthy. Because look what you've been doing in secret. My friends, it can't be like this. We see you men. We need you. We're asking you, stand up, get free, be by our sides. We've got to build this kingdom. There's a, there's, a, there's a time that coming that Jesus will stand on the earth and I want us all there. I want this nation there. I want our children there. There's not enough time to mess around with the enemy stuff. And I know it's hard to get free because it doesn't just come. It doesn't just come as a, an isolated incident. It comes with an addictive property. Because you see, pornography doesn't demand anything as far as intimacy goes. It doesn't demand anything relationally. And that's the tough part about sex is that it comes with a relationship that's tough and difficult that you have to work through and that makes you richer but is work. Sex and marriage comes with a relationship that takes effort. And you see, in pornography, we get all the benefit without any of the, the difficulty. Yeah. But you see, we lose everything in the process. We lose our humanity, we strip another of their humanity, and we lose the joy of the real-life relationships that God meant us to have, men and women, together. So we remember who the other is. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. In other words, God is saying in this family, in this world, look at one another as mothers, sisters, daughters, brothers, fathers, so that you can, you can relate to them in a pure and holy way, in a way that brings joy and blessing to, to them as well as to you. So we've talked about getting sense. Let's move on to looking at, oh, we're going to skip that slide. Thank you, Mark. We're going we're gonna to go, move on to keeping our feet at home. Why is marriage important? Because certainly the value for marriage has been degraded in the world. It's been it's undervalued in every movie. Every movie culminates with the guy getting the girl. They seldom get married. They usually just get into bed together. So the, the value and the purpose of marriage has been stripped away from the act of sex. But why is marriage important? First of all, I want to, let me backtrack a little bit. Why is sex important? Have you ever thought of that? Why do you have a sex drive? Everyone of you in here, you have a sex drive. If you, if you don't, we'll pray for you. Every one of you here has a sex drive. To be human means you have a sex drive. So if it can, if it can bring about such devastation, why did God give you one in the per first place? I'll tell you why. Because if he didn't, the human race would consist of Adam and Eve. Done. Done and dusted. The drive, the drive for sex is what gives us the capacity to produce children, to produce new generations. If there wasn't a drive for it, 
We wouldn't do it, and there would be no generations after Adam and Eve. It's a vital part of being human. But then God did a beautiful thing. He said, because it's going to be such a powerful thing, I'm going to put it in this incredible space of commitment to another person, of lifelong commitment, so that the beauty of what it, what it is can be unveiled in a place of safety, where everyone can be vulnerable, where you can grow together in it, when you can experience it to the absolute fullness. Yeah. Married men have more sex than single men, just saying. <laughs> Proven statistics. So marriage is important for three reasons. There may be more reasons. These were the three that I felt inspired to talk about. But first of all, marriage forms families. And for society to continue, it is important that children are raised in a supportive place with two parents. Now, here's the thing. You might be a single parent here, and this is not in any way diminishing you. God can make up for that. He's a father to the fatherless. He puts the lonely in families. But, but the ideal that he had was for two parents to raise children. The second thing is that it completes God's image. This is why I said, men, we need you. We need you to stand next to us because the image of God is not portrayed to the world unless men and women are side by side. Together, men and women betray the image of God. Portray, not betray, portray the image of God. It says in Genesis that male and female, he made them. And they display the image of God together. And the third reason is it's a visual and practical witness of God's intentions for the world. Marriage displays to the world what God intends to do. And this is what he intends to do. He intends to be a husband to the bride, the church. He intends to step down and live in intimacy with a glorious bride. He intends to elevate her as his co-equal and co-heir and co-ruler on this earth. And so our marriages display to the world God's intention. They are a constant and visible witness of what God intends to do on the earth. I share that with you to give you some motivation for a high view of marriage, that we would begin to honor that marriage and that we would, we would allow ourselves to put sex within that context. That sex solidifies marriage. It brings about a level of intimacy and closeness that very few other things can do, if maybe nothing else can do. And I want to, to finish off with lessons in purity from a wayward woman. That's not me, although it was me. I w I'm a child of my generation. Before I found Christ, I was, I was like the world. I did what the world did. God, praise God, Jesus found me. And I'm grateful for his redemptive purposes in my life. But this woman in this particular passage 
whose feet could not stay at home. We can reverse engineer her actions. And we can look at, at ways that we can have sexual purity and sexual wholeness in our lives, how we can guard that purity. Because you see, when we have a sex drive, it means that there's a level of work to preserve the purity of sex. Which means that when we get to marriage, we have capacity to hand to our spouse a great gift. Something that we have worked hard to keep. And that might be the greatest gift you can give someone ever. So lessons in purity from a wayward woman. First of all, dress for true success. <laughs> Present yourself in a way that indicates who you really are. She, she presented herself as a prostitute. And for all of us, male and female, there's a way in which the way we present ourselves to the world is what we'll get from the world. People will treat us according to the way that we present ourselves. The second thing is keep speech clean. If you go back and read that passage, you'll see how seductively she talks, how she's, she's kind of using her words to pull this man in. Brothers and sisters, guard your words, guard your jokes. Watch how you speak about the other gender. Watch how your conversations go with the other gender. Make sure that everything coming out of your mouth honors, honors God's plan and purpose for marriage and sex. Honors the other person. Honors you. I grew up in a world where derogatory jokes of women were rife. Do you know what that did to my soul? Did you know what that did to my view of who I was? It devastated it. I, I needed Jesus to step in and heal that. And I want to ask, you know what? Gender-based violence doesn't just happen overnight. It starts with those jokes around the water fountain. It starts with those, those funny comments, those derogatory comments while you're having a drink with your buddies. Yeah. It starts with the comments as a woman walks by. Exactly. And so I'm just asking you as a woman, please don't do that. Please don't do that. It hurts. Yeah. It doesn't just hurt me and the other woman in this room. It hurts our society. It opens the gates for something that we really don't want. Avoid compromising situations. I mean, she is, she, this young man, I mean, he's, he is skating close to the edge. He is, he is getting as close as he can. I mean, he is, he is putting himself in harm's way. You know, there, there are things that might have happened to you that had no, I mean, you were not trying to, to be in that situation. You were, you were forced in. It was completely not your problem. And I'm so sorry about that. We want to pray for you and see you healed. I don't want you to take from this that in any way that was your fault. However, for all of us, 
all of us, if we could avoid compromising situations, it would minimize the possibility of something negative happening. I, I just feel like I need to make this caveat. Sorry, you know, this is a minefield. I'm walking through a minefield and I'm just trying to avoid the mines. If you, as a woman or a man, have been violated in some way sexually, even if you are wearing the most seductive clothes, even if you were in a compromised situation, you'll know as you know. And so we are, I'm not in any way saying that you caused it. I want you to know you can come out into the open and you can be free. We see you and we hear you. But for everyone, in the everyday, we must present ourselves how we want to be received. And we must avoid compromising situations. We don't even want on us a hint that we complicit with that, that glittering serpent. We don't want in any way make room for him in our lives. We want the world to see a level of holiness and purity on us that makes them salivate and hunger for the joy that we are experiencing in true wholesome relationships. And last of all, sanctify, don't justify. What I mean by that is here she was, you might not have caught it, but she was saying, I've made my vows. In other words, she said, I knew I was going to mess up, so I've gone and asked for forgiveness beforehand. I've gone and just, you know, done the sacrifices, I've paid the vows. Heck, it doesn't matter what I do now. You see, it's so easy to somehow justify our actions. It's somehow so easy to justify why we did it. She made me. He made me. Everyone's doing it, but we love each other. My friends, let's stop with the justification and let's allow God to sanctify it. Let's bring our lives honestly and wholly before him and say, God, this is really what's going on. I need your help. Change me. We, had, we spoke about in our worship series that true worship is between the real God and the real you. We've got to come out of hiding. We've got to stop justifying. We've got to stop blame shifting. We have to say, this is what it really is. But God, I, I trust you enough to know that you will not reject me and you will save me, heal me. I'm going to conclude with that statement there in one moment. I feel, I feel led by the Spirit to just talk a little, about, a little bit about the men are trash movement. Guys, you'll never hear that come out of my mouth. Because men are not trash. You are not trash. And I know that there have been many mistakes happened, happen between the genders. But the truth is, that's not who God made you to be. And we see you, and we know you, and we are not putting that label on you. We value you. We delight in you. And that is not something that you will ever hear in this church nor will you ever hear us partnering with that. We want gender-based violence to stop. We want rape to stop. We want water polo coaches to stop messing with their boys. We want all of that out of, the, out of the room. But it will not be accomplished by vilifying 
half of our population. Men are not trash. Men are noble examples of godliness. And we're calling you up to that as you call us up to be beautiful, noble examples of godliness. Amen. Amen. So to avoid the glittering serpent of supposed sexual freedom, we, we do it by remembering who we are, remembering who the other is, honoring marriage, and guarding our purity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want, I want to pray for two kinds of people today. As we looked in that, in that story, there, were, there, was, there was a victim and there was a perpetrator. And you know, sometimes we even have been both. But I, I, I want to pray specifically for people who have been lured in to something, either against their will, or sometimes it was by, by your will, but you just, you just didn't really understand what was going on. I feel like God wants to come and give you your soul back. He wants to come and give you your soul back. I feel like there's going to be a resurrection in your heart. We're going to sing a song called Rattle that, that talks about dry bones coming to life. I believe that there's a part of your hearts that are going to come back to life. I feel like God wants to come and restore and give you your stuff back. And then I, I want to pray for people who, who you've engaged in either pornography or you've engaged in, you've had an affair or you've slept with someone who wasn't your husband or your wife. And you just want that clean and made whole again. Like I said, please speak to someone. Please speak to your connect group leader. Please speak to one of the pastors. If you're a man, come speak to my husband. If you're a woman, you can go and speak to Sammy, Pastor Sammy. They will put you in touch with someone who can, who can walk through this with you. But I want to just pray for the joy of knowing you free. I want to proclaim you right now as free, as whole, as forgiven, as alive. I just want to make a declaration over you that there is celebration of in heaven as you turn to the Father and say, I, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. So my friends, could we stand up? I know this is a sobering message and I feel soberness all over the... I thought of cracking a few jokes, but then I thought that would just be weird, you know? Besides, I didn't know any. But what I want us to do is... I, I want to to worship Jesus and just proclaim all the dead parts of our life and coming back to life. I want us to proclaim that God is enough for us and he's enough for the society and he's enough for all of us and he's enough for our children and he's enough for our children's children and he's enough for us as we go around that campus and just just experiences, experience the, the stresses and the temptations. Thank he's you, enough. Lord.